0: In 2013, Monterey Peninsula College offered a winter course, which was an abbreviated course that we could take to get ahead of credits on Eastern religions. It was a three-week, I believe it was a three-week course, about four to five hours a day, every day, for five days a week in which we discussed and read about the various religions of the Eastern world. Now, I'd like to disclose that for the majority of this class, me and my good friends did not pay attention. We didn't pay attention to I mean, four or five hours a day of just straight lecturing was not an appropriate way to go about discussing the topics that they wanted to discuss. And I understand. It was a three-week course. It was everybody was trying to get ahead on their credits. And this was much more of an elective than anything had anybody had really anticipated. Uh, there might have been a few people in that class, in that lecture hall, that were Eastern religions uh, majors, but the majority of us were just trying to get Uh, some sort of a generic elective out of the way myself included and so we you know naturally spent the majority of the time playing this iPhone game I believe it was something having to do with monster trucks and just uh, seeing who could get the best time across various courses we spent the majority of the time playing that game and to tell you the truth You know, I was a bad student in that course along with my good friends And We just progressed as though we were In a course, a summer school course One might say, you know, although it was the winter time and it was three weeks long So an abbreviated summer school course, if you will Now I will tell you at the time Nothing particularly interesting was going on in my own life. Uh, As I've disclosed in the previous podcasts, uh, I was at that time, I was struggling with my own mental health dilemmas. I I was going through uh, various stages of understanding with my own athletic career. Um, This was a time when I was, like I said, I was an MPC I was coming back from shoulder surgery, I was recovering from the cognitive dissonance that had occurred in the years prior. And as I just said, I was dealing with a number of mental health issues on my own, being that uh, specifically anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder and Anyways, I find myself I'm, I'm sitting here we're bullshit, we're playing this stupid video game. We're sitting in the back of the lecture hall, uh, the typical college students. Just not not that we were being extremely disrespectful to the teacher at any point, uh, but it was just a point. It was just a type of class where it was just like, you know what, man, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but we don't. We're just here to get the credits. We're just here to get the credits. We're not invested. I didn't. I, me and my friends didn't come there invested in Eastern religions. Uh, we came there to fulfill a uh, a credit, a certain credit. Excuse me, I'm sipping on a. Today I'm sipping on a Cool Runoffs, a double IPA by Alvarado Brewing Company. Rare, founded in Delray Oaks. Uh, mainly bought it because it's got a cool label and I'm going to put it on my wall. But, anyways. The reason I, you know, me and my friends really sat there and we were really in this Eastern religions course uh, was to fulfill a credit, and it, it covered a variety of topics. It covered Taoism, Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, you know, various other types of Eastern religions. I don't know specifically. I, I I don't have my notes in front of me, but I will tell you, and I. Those of you who know me probably know where this is going, but there was a moment where I put my phone down and I stopped playing this this monster truck game, and I paid attention. And for some reason or another, it's 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 a reason that I'm still trying to figure out, I paid attention to the story of Siddhartha, and the story of the Buddha, and of Buddhism, and how it came to be. And what it's all about and in that classroom there I didn't particularly get the intricacies of Buddhism as a religion Uh, being that it was you know that course was trying to cover a variety of religions and it was not an individual course on either one of them so it was kind of giving the highlights of each but be it as it may I got an introduction to Buddhism And for some reason, that was around the same time that uh, my my current, my only dog was born, Siddhartha. That's what I named her. It was only a number of weeks after I had heard the story of Siddhartha from my Eastern Religions course that I actually witnessed the birth of my miniature Australian Shepherd uh, dog, uh, being born. And at that very moment, when I witnessed her being born, I, I, I held the number of the puppies. There was about six, seven, eight puppies that were born. And I was there watching them all being born. And I picked Siddhartha out specifically uh, due to her coloring. I mean, she was a pretty, pretty as it may be, puppy. They're not very pretty when they're very first born, but she looked like she had good coloring. Uh, she was a red try which they call so it's red white and uh, tan or black and she was just a pretty looking puppy uh, even though they look like little rats and right then and there i named her siddhartha and that was only a few weeks after i had heard the story of siddhartha from my eastern religions course now at this time i'm about 22 22 years old Uh, it's the the winter of 2013 uh, baseball season's just coming up. You know, I was unknowing that it would be my last baseball season as a athlete. Uh, at least real baseball season. And here I was, in some way or another, delivering my own puppy to myself and naming her Siddhartha. Why? Why did I name my dog Siddhartha? I don't I don't fucking know. I don't know. You know, I went on, you know, and to this day I still call her Sid. However, if you know Sid, her name is spelt with two Ds, which is how Siddhartha is spelt. So anyways, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 22 at the time, and I say, it's my birthday's rolling up, my birthday's in the, in the middle of June, and I say, you know what, my dog's name is Siddhartha, I need to at least know the story of Siddhartha, uh, in the context of which it is popularly known, which is Herman Hesse's version of *Siddhartha*, and so I get that book from my parents for my birthday, and I begrudgingly and 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 struggled struggled through that book. You know, if anybody's read *Siddhartha* by Herman Hesse, they know that it is a dry book. Albeit it is about 110 pages, um, it is a struggle to get through because it is fairly dry. However, you do get a very, you know, looking back from where I am today, you get a very good perspective on the story of Buddhism, the mysticism of Buddhism, the, the myth of what Buddhism is all about. And what this podcast here today is, you know, I'm trying to refrain from just introducing my podcasts and I'm trying to refrain from giving a, an about section, but I guess it's, it's more of a, a, a story story. I'm trying to give more of a story, more of a context onto my own becoming of a quote-unquote Buddhist, um, a, a believer in the religion, a believer in the way of life, and you know that that essentially encapsulates what I'm trying to say. Um, and so that is what I am here today to, to, to speak about. So, anyways. I'm 23. At that time, I get my, I get my book. I get my, my Siddhartha book, and and I read it again, and again. I struggled through it, but I read it, and nothing really occurs to me within the time span between 23 and I'll, you know, to be completely honest, 26 years old. Uh, I'm 27 right now, and in between that time frame the story of siddhartha always stuck with me and it was something that i resonated with i felt in my own personal life that i have lived uh, a similar life to the story described as siddhartha as many in the modern world can uh, attest to but me in particular this is my podcast and i'm i'm just saying that you know I, I felt when I heard that story, I said, you know, I felt that this was um, something that I can relate to, at least in terms of a religious aspect. And you should know that I was never really religious. I was, I was raised Catholic. I was pushed through uh, confirmation and, 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 and the catechism aspects of, of Catholicism. However, I was never a devout or, uh, you know, self-proposed Catholic. So I wasn't really a religious person at all. And here I am, 23 years old, I read the story of Siddhartha, my dog's name is Siddhartha, and for some reason this story is sticking with me. And I go to college, my college years are my college years. Uh, They're full of, uh, uh, you know, my parents would like to hear that they're full of education, they're full of learning, They're full of fun times with my friends, full of fun times with my brothers, and learning about myself along the way. The way. I graduated from college. I moved to Santa Rosa. I got a full-time job, my first gig up in Santa Rosa. And I'm still pondering... The significance as to the fact is is, is why is my dog's name Siddhartha and why has this stuck with me you know I I haven't done much research since Siddhartha since reading Siddhartha by Herman Hess haven't done much research haven't done much uh, uh, diving into the religion that I could be but it's still on my mind you know and here we are at that point I I don't quite know I was maybe 24 years old 25 years old Uh, but it had been a number of years since Buddhism had really entered my life and I still wasn't quite sure what this was about and I kind of just continued on my own personal way get through Santa Rosa I moved to to Salinas from Salinas I moved to San Bonancio which is Three, four miles outside of Spreckles. And I get a new job at a different bank. And the credit officer there introduces me to a Buddhist teacher named Gil Franzdahl. Gil Franzdahl, And it was interesting the time that he introduces to me. This was now, again, this was 2019, the very end of 2019. I am 26 years old, um, so it's been four or five years of this Buddhism Eightfold Path way of life developing within me, uh, uh, coming to be. And here he is uh, in the end of 2019 introducing me to this Buddhist teacher. And it was interesting because about two months prior to that, I was in San Francisco, you know, apparently meeting with a number of clients, number of prospects, and in that trip, I stopped off at a, at a bookstore, and for some reason, that Buddhism interest still piqued uh, me personally, and I had bought a number, two or three books on Buddhism, Introduction to Buddhism, Introduction on Meditation, uh And here we are two months later, I'm being introduced to a Buddhist, Theravadan Buddhist teacher by my own co-worker. Now I should say, we should back up here, and I should say that meditation had been something that had been on my mind for a number of years, since I was 22 years old since I had first learned about Buddhism since I had first learned about meditation as a practice and It was something that I had always wanted to practice. However, I just never really instilled the discipline within myself to actually do it and in early April of 2019 I had begun using the meditation app headspace to instill that habitual practice to and, and 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 to be honest, there's a difference between meditation and mindfulness. And med in headspace, uh, prioritizes mindfulness, and I would say meditation, in and of itself, is more of a Buddhist aspect, uh, and mindfulness is more of a Western takeaway from meditation. But either way, it's the same same act. So I had begun using. Headspace uh, in April of 2019. I was using it daily. You know, I started with five minutes a day. I you know I worked my way up through there. Headspace, the application, offers a variety of different courses uh, that furthers and strengthens your habit of meditating, and 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 helps you to dive deeper into the practice, and which culminated to. Uh, or, or came to a climax when I really became ingrained in this Buddhist teacher that I was introduced to at the end of 2019, Gil Franzdo. And so, anyways, it's the end of 2019, we're entering 2020, and Gil has become my teacher. You know, I, I, I at that point had gone through. Uh, We're in the early parts of 2020. I had gone through a significant and profound personal experience, one of which I would be happy to do a podcast on or happy to at least read my own narrative on the experience, but had gone through something that really solidified my belief and clarified my understanding of the past number of years that I had been experiencing and what and really what I had been doing as an individual and I had decided that hey this Buddhist path was something that really interested me and at that point still did not consider myself a Buddhist but considered myself uh, someone who was interested in the practice someone who was going to to continue to habitually habitually participate in the practice of meditation uh, particularly zazen meditation which is just sitting still and and, and and being with your thoughts and it was something that I was gonna I was gonna learn about you know there were a number there have been a number of struggles throughout my life that I have as the name would would say I have struggled with and I have fought to become rid of. And have been unable to do so. However, meditation, the practice of meditation, the teachings of Buddhism, the yeah. understanding and implicate and, and, and integration of the Buddhist practice, has really helped me to uh, rid myself and understand myself um, for these, you know, quote unquote, flaws that I see. And so here I am, it's early 2020, I'm, I'm going around, I'm, I'm starting my own, uh, what you might call, what a Buddhist might call it, my own eightfold path, uh, which is essentially the path to consistent enlightenment. And I want to emphasize the term consistency, consistent enlightenment, because I, I, I believe, and this is myself um, Coming from an aspect of, of not really knowing so much about Buddhists that are Eastern philosophy. But one, an outsider, typically, or, a, or, a, or a, a, a non-student, typically believes that enlightenment is something that you attain. And it's this big, profound experience. And it's just, just this wave of just presence that... One can only attain through decades of practice, and it's it's that is a complete fallacy as to what it truly is. Enlightenment is something that you and I experience on a you know one would hope a daily basis, uh, even if you are a non-practitioner, non-believer. However, you may not recognize it as enlightenment. To me, myself. Uh, enlightenment is it is and, and this is this is what enlightenment is is a moment of presence right? it is a moment of presence and through the cultivation of meditation through the cultivation of your own personal self-being and self-development you can uh, exaggerate and grow that moment of enlightenment and you can Begun, begin to live an enlightened life. If you, and this is again, this is this is the Buddhist path. If you follow the Buddhist path, and there are a number of of what we call uh, precepts or hindrances that hinder your ability to maintain that enlightenment. Uh, and that's something that I'm going to get into. You know, later I can do another podcast on just what Buddhism is and what it believes and what the story is. But I'm just kind of giving you my own uh, becoming to, becoming of uh, a Buddhist. And so I begin to recognize these attributes within myself. I begin to recognize these hindrances that I've been performing within myself. And I, 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 I begin to, through the cultivation of meditation, I begin to understand What these hindrances, what these practices and what these habits are really doing to my own self. Because the thing about Buddhism is that Buddhism consistently talks about suffering. And I believe that in today's world, when one talks about suffering, the recipient on that end thinks, wow, like suffering, I'm suffering. You know, something terrible, absolutely horrible must be occurring because this person here is suffering. And it's like, no. No, no, no. Suffering in the Buddhist context is any stressor that occurs. Anything that takes you away from being your best self is a method of suffering. Right? So we can, we can say that absolutely, the death of a parent, that is unequiv- inequivocally suffering. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but it is absolutely, that is suffering. Death of a parent, suffering. But you know what else is suffering? Stress and confusion at your own job. You know, those two things, those two, those two factors are not equal on any part, and nobody here is saying that they are equal, but they're both suffering. You're suffering to some degree. Right now there may be varying degrees of suffering, but what we in the Buddhist community want to minimize and break through, it's not even a it's not even a minimize. I want to take that maybe I take that back, not even a minimize, but what we in the Buddhist Buddhist community want to break through. Is that window of suffering. And what that means. Is. That the Buddhist community wants you to be present. With the suffering that is occurring. Whether that be the death of a loved one. Whether that be the, the stress of a job. Whether that be the stress of a relationship. Uh, the stress of oneself. We want you to be present with that. We want you to acknowledge that. We want you to make peace with that and understand and, and, and learn from what that is. And understand that, hey, yeah, I'm I'm present with this feeling. And maybe it is so impactful that it's not going away anytime soon. But the more I stay present with it, the more I learn. And the more I actively get through it. You might suffer. While you're getting through the suffering. But through that whole process. You will break through that window. Of suffering. And you will attain. That ability. To be enlightened. To reach nirvana. Which is what Buddhism is all about. And again. I I understand that those that. You know, might be listening might think that me talking about enlightenment me talking about nirvana is something fantastical however it, it truly is not you know one of the beautiful analogies that i've learned throughout my study of bud- buddhism And I'll be honest, you know, I mean, you know, I haven't been studying Buddhism that long. I've been studying it since the beginning of this year. So here we are, we're going on 10, 11 months, listening to podcasts and reading books and practicing meditation. But one of my favorite analogies and favorite, you know, anecdotal stories is that the way that Buddhism perceives itself is that the average human being has a lot of weeds in its own mind, right? So Buddhism is focused on the mind, very, very concretely is focused on the mind. And in Buddhist practice, there's a lot of weeds, right? And what practicing meditation does and what the Buddhists call cultivation of the mind cultivating means to remove the weeds that are present in the soil what cultivating the mind which you attain through meditation what that does is it it like i said it starts to pull the weeds out right so you might be you know me myself uh, might be smoking too much weed Maybe you're having a a few too many beers. Maybe you're too focused on the future. Maybe you're too focused on the past. And you're just replaying stories. Maybe you're just replaying future events that could occur. You're forecasting events. Maybe you're having a tough time at work. Any stressor that could possibly occur, you are enduring. Those are weeds, right? There are habitual weeds. Um, that we as humans naturally have, right? That's part of the human existence is to develop these types of weeds. And what Buddhism and the cultivation of the mind through meditation does is helps you to realize the existence of these weeds. And what we say typically in, in, in Buddhist terms would be you're removing those weeds right you're cultivating those weeds you're cultivating your own mind and you might say well i don't feel any peace i don't feel any happiness i don't feel any contentment and my advice to you would be believe and have faith in the practice right i've never been one to have faith i was always Uh, An optimistic person up until high school years and then I became a bit of a nihilist and until recently um, You know mid 2019 did I really develop some sense of faith And so you have to have faith in this process And you have to have faith that through the cultivation of your own mind through meditation you will begin to pull these weeds from your mind and what will take the place of those weeds is enlightenment, is nirvana, is the ultimate peace that is possible through the pac- practice of meditation and Buddhism. And now, <laughs> that in and of itself is a difficult practice because you will encounter instances where you're going to be tempted with those same weeds that you're trying to pull again and that's okay i mean i've been tempted with it i still it's a what it is is it's a journey right so it's a continuous acknowledgement of the journey and i'm i'm drinking a beer right now and one of the buddhist precepts one of the hindrances is to not cloud one's mind with toxins toxins being you know one can interpret that as as uh, any sort of drug, any sort of alcohol, any sort of mind clouding substance. Um, But here I am still enjoying a beer and I still call myself a practicing Buddhist, but I'm practicing, right? That's the point. And, And that's the thing is about Buddhism is that we're not necessarily saying that by having this beer, you are sinning. You're not being a bad person. However, what it will do, this is just the warning that the Buddha gives, is that the the consumption and the gluttony of mind-altering substances will prohibit your ability to reach nirvana, reach enlightenment, reach that ultimate peace and contentment that one can have within their own life. And so anyways... That's where I am today. You know, that's where I am. That's what I'm practicing. I'm practicing. I'm trying to get through my own um, struggles. I'm trying to cultivate my own mind. I'm trying to rid myself of my own weeds. You know, one of the, you know, going off of those uh, Buddhist analogies, another analogy is that enlightenment and nirvana is a wellspring that one, every single person has within their own body, Right uh it's a, it's, a, it's something that just wells up within them when those weeds are clear and so i think that a lot of people think that nirvana and enlightenment is something that one needs to attain and needs to needs to reach a certain point you're climbing a mountain at the top of the mountain you've reached nirvana no 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 not at all every single person that is practicing the cultivation of their own mind has the potential to reach nirvana and reach enlightenment and i think that that is one of the main teachings of herman hess's novel siddhartha you know there's this there's this one aspect of the book that always intrigued me and always confused me up until i began my own study with with eastern philosophy and eastern religions and that was that when you read herman hess's novel Siddhartha actually goes to essentially a conference in which the Buddha is speaking. And so you're sitting here, you're the reader, you know, focused on this protagonist of Siddhartha. And here he is pursuing the teachings of the Buddha. And you're like, well, wait, I thought Siddhartha was the Buddha. And I was always confused by that for a number of years, number of years. I was always confused by that. And what I finally have realized what Herman Hess was trying to imply in that teaching there in that you know section of the story is, is that there were Buddhas before Siddhartha, which is the in today's world ultimate Buddha, the one that we always think about and what he meant by that by that teaching was that not only is it that siddhartha has the ability to become the buddha but you and i and everybody around us has the ability to become a buddha has the ability to become enlightened has the ability to reach nirvana that is the purpose of buddhism the purpose of Buddhism is to acknowledge and be present and be content with what it is that we can perceive, what it is that we can experience, what it is that we can cultivate through the practice of meditation. That's it. That's it. That's a that's the religion. That's the religion as I know it. You know, maybe 10 months from now I'll have a different interpretation of it. But my interpretation so far that's the, that's the religion. Become at peace with what it is that you know and what you know to be real. That is what Buddhists are focused on. They're focused on that. They're focused on improving themselves. They're focused on improving society and improving the whole world. However, society and the world do not get improved. Unless the practitioner improves themselves. Which is where people will get into. Well Buddhism is a selfish religion. Because you're just meditating the whole time. And you're just focusing on improving yourself. And it's like okay well. If that's your. That's a short sighted understanding of Buddhism. So I would recommend they listen to this. Wonderful podcast. Of what. I personally think buddhism is about and like i said you know 10 months from now i might have a different podcast to come out in and, in and, and, and further emphasize my teachings on buddhism my understandings of buddhism so that's where i am today you know i've i've conquered my own vices you know a, a, a number of my own vices or i've worked and 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 progressed through them through the practice of meditation uh i've under began to understand who i am as a person through meditation who i am and what i want to do as a person through meditation i've begun to appreciate the aspect of mortality i know that's a heavy topic but i've begun to appreciate and and think about that you know one of the things if you if you practice buddhism and you listen to buddhism and you read about it is the the concept of death is a constant contemplation of buddhists that is something that that people think about often the mortality of their own selves and there's a variety, and again, this is where I'm not. This podcast is not meant to tell you what Buddhism uh, is from a mystical, from a religious aspect. It's, it's just kind of my own interpretation, my own coming to. And I'll get to that. There are various types of Buddhism. There's 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 Buddhists that believe in reincarnation. There's Buddhists who don't. Uh, there's Buddhists who are strictly focused on the here and now, and that is essentially the the concrete uh thought process of buddhism as a whole but here we are again that's 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 what i can say is here we are october 25th 2020 and and this is what i have come to understand from the buddhist context and there's a like I said, like I've said in previous podcasts, I'm, I'm currently reading the autobiography of Alan Watts, who was a Western Westerner, which was interpreting many different forms of Eastern philosophy. And I want to leave you with this own with this with this paragraph, which is a paragraph Uh, discussing something that his girlfriend at the time, Eleanor, said to him as they're walking uh, away from a meditation session at a Buddhist lodge. And so it begins like this. One evening, when Eleanor and I were walking home from a meditation session, I began to discuss the method of concentration on the eternal present, whereupon she said, Why try to concentrate on it? What else is there to be aware of? Your memories are all in the present, just as much as the trees over there. Your thoughts about the future are also in the present, and anyhow, I just love to think about the future. The present is just a constant flow, like the Tao, and there's simply no way of getting out of it. With that remark, my whole sense of weight vanished. You could have knocked me down with a feather. I realized that when the Hindus said, Tat Tvam Asi, you are that, they meant just what they said. A whole week thereafter I simply floated, remembering Spielberg's telling me of the six precepts of Tilopa. No thought no reflection, no analysis, no cultivation, no intention. Let it settle itself. Now, I myself have to spend some time reflecting upon what that means. But what I initially believe that to mean and what I've, I, I, I initially perceive that as is the understanding of, That the present being is all that there is. And that is what the ultimate respect is given to through the practice of meditation, through the practice of Buddhism. You are who you are right now. You are who you are right now. And that can be cultivated and understood and developed through mindful meditation practice zazen as it's called sit and be with oneself through that you will develop yourself to become an enlightened and present being and that's one thing that I really hope that we can all begin to understand and I think it's only possible through the practice of meditation but it's it's, it's, what i hope we all can understand is that meditation is one is something that we can all attain everybody you don't have to be a buddha you don't have to be a sage you don't have to be a priest a buddhist priest to become enlightened you can be enlightened i can be enlightened man i'm, I'm not anybody you're not anybody We can all be enlightened we can all be happy we can all be content and understanding and present with what is occurring in our daily lives and we can from that that gives us the opportunity to develop and become better people and so with that i hope we all maybe take the moment to to start with five minutes man that's what i started with i started with five minutes of meditation just do it five minutes a day. Do that for a week. Bump it up to seven. Bump it up to nine. Bump it up to ten. Fifteen. Me personally, where I am now, I do 20 minutes a day, three times a day. Morning, afternoon, night. I sit. It's quiet. And I, I just meditate for 20 minutes three times a day. And when that is going, and I will tell you, there are instances where I don't keep that up. I don't, man. I don't. Because I'm a human being. I, I, I you can't. Ex- I'm not a monk. Right? I'm trying to be a, a, a better person. But I'm not a monk. And so there are days where I don't, I don't meditate. I don't, straight up, don't do it. I know I need to do it, but I don't. And so don't feel like you have to do it every day, but just get try to get in a habit of doing it for a short period of time, you know, every day. Make it a habit and slowly build on your ability to maintain your own presence. I personally believe that applications help dramatically. I I, I built my own habit off of Meditate out of uh, Headspace. Now I only use, now I just use the, the timer on my own iPhone. But Headspace is a great starter. There are many other applications out there to help you out. But through that practice of meditation, you'll get to know yourself. You'll get to experience enlightenment. You'll get to understand what, you'll get a flavor and a taste for what the Dharma has to offer. And that's something I didn't even get into. The Dharmapada. But that is a concrete. Backbone. Of Buddhist philosophy. And that is something we'll get into later. But that is my story. So that's my own becoming too. Uh, It's helped me out in a variety of ways. Uh, I hope it inspires you to become. You know a meditator. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys. uh, uh, Next week. Maybe we'll do an interview. You know I think that. Number three has been, this is my third solo. I'd be happy to do an interview. I'd like you guys to reach out if you want to talk. Uh, Come over, have a drink, and uh, just talk about life. I'd love it. So I'd love to someone reach out. uh, And I would look forward to next week. Thanks, guys. Good night. Go Tampa.